thing of a, a certain sound, a definite sound, a clear sound, uh, which is often picking up what he is saying and declaring it and uh, acting on it because he's also speaking about the importance of being doers as well as hearers of the word. And as we're looking, now we're in no way finished, but as we're starting to look at how we move from here, and God is speaking to us, one of the important things that keeps coming up, and we've just had a brilliant display of it here, is the vital importance of uh, whether you call it mentoring or discipling or training, uh, I'm sure, as we found over the years uh, with Dulos, the teaching is great, uh, the projects are great and sometimes fun as well, uh, but the impact of actually having somebody working with you, uh, sharing application of the word is very, very significant. And so uh, we see that God is speaking to us about the importance of continuing, of of developing and, and uh, seeing. Now, of course, sometimes people think about, uh, yeah, well, you know, some people are getting older and we've got to be looking at the next generation. I challenge that in the light of what we've just been seeing, you know. I mean, what about those who are alleged to be getting older getting a new life, you know? I mean, look at Sheila, you know. Look at Alan. I mean, he's only a young fellow, but I mean, bouncing around, you know. So let that be a challenge. But we also have very clearly uh, the Word of God um, to go forth and make disciples. It's, a, it's his pattern. It's what he did. He chose 12 first that they should be with him. Uh, and we're wise as we follow the instruction and command and example that that Jesus gives. Mark last week talked to us uh, in his excellent communicative way, uh, leaves with us, uh, talked to us about the uh, uh, Elijah and the mantle. And uh, as we consider that, we felt it's very important that we don't just let that go. So we want to revisit that this week. And uh, Revisit in the context of picking up training, picking up anointing and discipling. And this week, we're going to look at uh, catching the mantle. Next week, we'll look at casting the mantle, but this week, catching the mantle. And we probably would, it would be helpful if we look at the story again. And um, Jamie and some friends are going to help in this. Help, all right, in this. Okay, so let's see where we are. Hmm. Don't worry, it's all here. I'm, I'm a man under control. <laughs> right. Are you ready? 1 Kings 19. So Elijah went from there and found Elisha, son of Shaphat. He was plowing with 12 
yoke of oxen. Okay, they're trying to help, all right, so that we... Twelve yoke of oxen. And he himself was driving the twelfth pair. Um... We probably ought to have talked about the interpretation of this. (laughs) Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. Then Elisha left his oxen. And he ran after Elijah. Let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, he said. And then I will come with you. Go back, Elijah replied. What have I done to you? (laughs) So, (laughs) So Elijah left him and went back. And he took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned the ploughing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people and they ate. (laughs) And he set out to follow Elijah and became his servant. We probably need a session on taking the scripture literally. That was quite a party, uh, celebrating what he was going into rather than just looking back on the past. In fact, separating himself from the past, uh, expressing a commitment and celebrating and moving on into the future. All right, let's jump a little bit. 2 Kings chapter 2. When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, the Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha said, As surely as the Lord lives, and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. (laughs) The company of the prophets at Bethel came out. to Elijah and asked do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today yes I know Elisha replied so be quiet then Elijah said to him stay here Elisha the Lord has sent me to Jericho he replied as surely as the Lord lives And as you live, I will not leave you. So they went to Jericho. Elijah looks as though he's enjoying it. (laughs) The company of the prophets at Jericho went up to Elisha 
and asked him, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, he replied. So be quiet. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here. The Lord has sent me to the Jordan. And he replied, As surely as the Lord lives, and as you live, I will not leave you. Can you see the Jordan? Could the Jordan possibly... Or is it too difficult? All right, stand up if you want to see the Jordan. And he replied, As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So the two of them walked on. Fifty men from the company of the prophets went and stood at a distance facing the place where Elijah and Elisha had stopped at the Jordan. Elijah took his cloak and rolled it up and struck the water with it and the water divided to the right and to the left. And the two of them crossed over on dry land. When they had crossed, Elijah and Elisha Elijah said to Elisha, tell me, what can I do for you before I'm taken from you? Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit. (laughs) Elijah replied, you've asked a difficult thing, Elijah said, yet if you see me when I'm taken from you, It will be yours, otherwise it will not. As they were walking along and talking together, suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire. appeared and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Elijah saw this and cried out, My father, my father, the chariots and horsemen of Israel. And Elisha saw him no more. Then he took hold of the garment and tore it in two. (laughs) Elisha then picked up Elijah's cloak that had fallen from him and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. He took the cloak that had fallen from Elijah and struck the water with it. Where now is the Lord, the God of Elijah, he asked. When he struck the water, it divided to the right and to the left, and he crossed over. The company of the prophets from Jericho who were watching said, the spirit of Elijah is resting on Elisha. And they went to meet him and bowed to the ground before him. Hmm. Story with great meaning and dodgy literal interpretation. (laughs) 
Oh, we can have a bit of fun, can't we? Yeah, we're happy. We're children of the living God, you know? All right. Just remember that the mantle or cloak through the scripture uh, signifies something rather more than just an out, outer covering. Um, time and again, uh, it represents something of the uh, anointing. Uh, it signifies something more than just, just being a garment. Anointing, that's God's God-given ability, takes us beyond, takes us out of the natural. And that is a, a very important, necessary, and significant thing. So we're looking to see what God will do in this. By the way, also... Um, signifies something of uh, assistance or training or help and protection. And you find those, those important factors so that we understand what we're talking about when we're talking about the mantle or the cloak. So we're talking today about catching that uh, anointing, catching that training, catching that which we need to receive. Let's just review... Uh, from that story, the responsibility that Elisha had in, this, in the, the form of catching, in the form of receiving. First of all, he knew that he'd been called. He knew that he had a particular task. There was something that God wanted him to do. And consistent with that, he very definitely chased after Elijah. He was not going to be put off. You know, all the times Elijah said to him, no, 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 he's going to stick with him. Then, of course, you see, in leaving, in the first instance, you could, you, I mean, there's no way he's going to go back to plowing um, with, with his oxen. They're in the bellies of his friends. Uh, the equipment has made a nice bonfire. Basically, he burned his bridges. Uh, he made that sort of commitment. It's the kind of commitment that says, um, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Uh, it's a, a commitment and a confession that is a, a very, very important thing to do. And then, uh, in order to gain, achieve, step into what God had for him, he became Elijah's servant. And he stuck with Elijah with a high level of commitment. In fact, you could say he definitely knew what he wanted to get from Elijah. He wasn't just uh, the servant. He wasn't just engaged in, in doing things uh, because the danger of just doing things is you lose focus on what you're there for. Uh, he kept very clear on what he was after. He was wanting to draw something. He was wanting to receive something, not just carry out a number of tasks or a particular job. Uh, he kept focus on that. Um, the calling rather than just the position or the office or the task. And then, of course, um, he puts to practice what he received. Uh, you know, he, uh, he actually got the cloak and put it on. Uh, didn't hang it in a wardrobe or frame it. I've noticed, um, and I noticed with one of the churches I was serving at one stage, that a lot of people held 
words, things that God had spoken. And the thing that struck me, it's almost consistent. They got them like a kind of, you know, like a, some precious ornament that you put in a cabinet. Something that you could have there and look at it. And it was like, yeah, I've got this, I've got this word, isn't it good? And I began to see it's not good, it's sad. They've got something which is a kind of, clearly a word, I wasn't doubting that, but instead of moving into it, they were holding it as a kind of, almost like an insurance policy. They didn't need to do anything, they didn't need to engage anything because they got this, this kind of word about something in the future. Uh, I thought that was a very dangerous thing. Taking the very thing that God had said and leaving that as a almost as a, a, a reason or an obstacle for being completely passive rather than pursuing. And that, of course, is not what we saw. He gets the cloak or the mantle and puts it on. And, uh, of course, before that happens, uh, he's in this situation where they cross the Jordan, the company of the prophets are watching, and he's got to go back across the Jordan. Now, he knows how they crossed it the first time, which was not so bad because it was Elijah's responsibility, you know, hit the thing with the cloak and it parts and walks on dry land. It's kind of a moment of, of stepping out. Am I going to take the risk? You know, is it going to happen? And it's interesting that he calls on God because he recognizes it's not some magic cloak. Or it's not something that is restricted, that was just for Elijah. But this is what God does through him. And so he calls on God and does the very thing that he saw uh, Elijah do and recognizes that he needs God to enable him to do it. And of course, as we just said, the waters part and he's able to do the same thing. I kind of look at that as a, a very important uh, initial testing uh, opportunity to step out in what God was giving him to do. Very key time. So he was, he was in that place where he'd taken up responsibility and needed to, to learn something about catching. Can we help with that a little bit? Um, what do we need in order to uh, catch. All right, so some of the qualities needed in order to catch the mantle. And we probably ought to look a little bit, what kind of things to be looking for? Look at a few Bible examples, first of all. Somebody who does what's right, even if they're on their own. Somebody like Noah, completely on his own, but still did what God gave him to do. What about moving out and risking it even if you don't know where you're going? Kind of Abraham type of thing. Uh, didn't have all the detail but knew what was that God had spoken. About sticking with it in spite of circumstances and consequences. We see that very clearly with... Uh, Joseph, um, 
and uh, what a story he had in terms of the uh, obstacles and the consequences and the prison and Potiphar's house and his own brothers. And, uh, but God had spoken. And uh, in fact, in Psalms, it tells us that God used the very thing that he'd spoken to actually test and try him. And he continued to do it until he'd kind of proved him in that way. And of course, uh, Daniel faced some one or two interesting situations in his commitment to follow God and to stick with what he believed was right. The odd lion and things like that. What about that, uh, that thing we mentioned earlier on? That, that leading. You know, when, when uh, Joshua said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I always remember my, my dad used to talk about um, when he was in the army. Um, the two different types of leaders. And uh, the one that would say, okay, chaps, you ready? When I say so, I might shout, over you go, over the wall, attack the enemy. And the other one that would say, come on guys, follow me. And the difference between the two. And uh, we, we, we recognize that we're looking always at uh, example, not just words, otherwise we dip into a pharisaical position. Not afraid of giants. You know, I suppose we would say that David, who kind of comes along as the lunch delivery boy uh, and sees them all afraid of a giant, decided that there was something more important, that there was a defiance of, uh, of the house of the living God. And that seemed to be more important than the size of the giant. And of course, I would always say the primary uh, thing that you'd be looking for in terms of receiving and being ready to be open to, to catch something would be the example that Jesus gave us of not being served, but being the servant of all, as being so critical and so vital. And of course, we see that portrayed particularly uh, in the story of washing the disciples' feet. A very significant situation um, which he then turns around and tells us that's what he wants us to do as we've watched him doing it. And then people, people that recover from failure, you know, uh, was it Churchill who said some people learn from mistakes and some people never recover from them? I certainly know which factor I'd like to be in. You know, we can either be in that situation of forever living under a mistake or a failure or recognize it's in the plan and purpose of God that we recover. And Peter was a brilliant example of that. What about somebody who's passionate like Paul was? Um, of course, if we see, as he sees, we can see uh, good in all people. There are people who, uh, you know, you look at, we, we had Mark with us last week. He said, you know, I'd like to be able to teach like he did. When he comes in September, uh, he's going to do a session, uh, which he has done, I think, in the past, about uh, how to prepare and deliver teaching. We want to learn. What about, don't, don't you feel provoked when you listen 
uh, to some of the stories that are coming out from Jeremy, with that sort of enjoying that adventure of living uh, in, the, in the faith of the word of the Lord. Um, and, uh, yeah, she's not here so we can talk about her. We don't believe that, do we? But let's talk about, what about Avril? You know? That willingness to kind of give it a go, you know? Uh, and to, to try something. Um, so, very important. You know, when you look at, say you've got your, your children, your parent, maybe a new parent with children, um, you would look at now who's raised children in the way that I would like to, to see mine raised. You want to, you're, you're looking where you're going to receive from. It's a real thing, not an imaginary thing. It doesn't just drop out of heaven. Or what about marriage? Let me, let me look to people that seem to have enjoyed or are enjoying marriage. Um, and uh, who, who has continued to love in situations when it's become very tough? How did they do it? Uh, so we're remembering, we're looking, we, we, we want to apply this. God is speaking to us. He wants us to be very clear about what we're saying, what we're talking about today is the importance to be receiving and drawing, to be catching the mantle. Uh, that's a responsibility upon us. Now, next week we'll look at the other side of it. But this week, how do we, what, should, what are we looking for? What should we be looking for? How does it work? What is the application so that we can actually do it rather than just hear about it? Talking about the, the mantle or the cloak, do you remember the woman that came to Jesus and she had a problem with hemorrhaging over many years and she, she said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, recognizing the indication or the, the, the symbol of the anointing. And of course we know she was instantly healed and uh, the power went from him. Uh, it was a quite an active thing, wasn't it? I mean, we, we know the story. She's forcing her way through the crowds. A woman of not good health and very determined that somehow she's going to get there with that, if I can just do that. There's a very intentional, um, active position that she took in that. So we've looked at some Bible things and looked at various other things, but we thought it might be useful um, to kind of talk to people amongst us. And so uh, there's a few people I've just kind of chanced upon. Edwin, because he was here, so he's going to come. Uh, Nathan was, but I oh yes, he's here, so Nathan's here. Uh, Michael, is Michael here? Yep, come on, all come out. Um, Hannah Hilton, is Hannah? Oh, you busy? Are you okay? You bring the baby? If not, just leave the baby some anywhere. I do. Let's stick the baby on the chair. You know. Owen, yes. Sally, yeah, come on, Sal. I asked. I asked them the same question, so I'm just going to go through it uh, now because um, I think I'll do it one at a time. Sal, since you're in the first place, yeah. Who did you see or spot that you wanted to get something from? Uh, you and Dawn. 
Right, okay. Thank you, Sally. <laughs> what did you want? Um, the things that I saw, um, there's a few things. Pursuit of God and of people, including your own family. Um, practical love in action. So choosing to love even when it was sacrificial and inconvenient. Wisdom and integrity. Carry on, this sounds good. <laughs> How did you go about getting it? Did you buy it? No, I asked. You asked? Yeah. Okay. How did you ask? Um, I can't remember it so long ago, but I think it was along the lines of, um, I'd like to learn from you, and yeah. can I spend a bit of time ah, with you? Ah, that's the answer I was looking for. You actually committed action to it. Mm. Good. All right. Edwin, what, uh, I'll ask you the same questions. Who did you see or spot? What did you want to get? What was it you wanted to get? Or you wanted to get something from them? Well, I spotted you and Dawn. Uh, <laughs> hey, you're changing your answer. <laughs> um, in fact, I think I want to talk about that first before I talk about what we discussed yesterday. <laughs> Railroad, yeah. Who let this man in? I mean, <laughs> didn't we do something with the Borders Agency to deal with this? <laughs> All right. Um, right. I think you spotted me and Dawn. Yes. Okay. What did you want? Basically, uh, my wife and I needed a lot of help raising our boys, uh, and we didn't know exactly how to do it. And a lot of the things we shared with you in terms of the challenges we were facing. Uh, you could identify with immediately and tell us exactly what you need to be doing in order to bring them in the way that God wanted us to do. Okay. And how did you go about getting it? Uh, we spent a lot of time hosting you and making sure that, uh, you know, we open and vulnerable in terms of the areas where we were not uh, doing exactly what we felt God was wanted us to do. And uh, you were very direct and uh, as oh, usual, nice Dawn was not. That. You were very direct. <laughs> and Dawn always unreservedly, you know, challenging us and making <laughs> sure that, you know, she takes out of us things that we'd always be sometimes uh, not comfortable to say, you know, but had to be frank about it and say yeah. it. Yeah. How many nights have you cried yourself to sleep as a result of those inputs? <laughs> <laughs> All right, did you want to yeah. say anything about yeah. the other one, um, Robert? Yeah, I think the, um, we're just sharing yesterday that one of the things that I've seen always is whenever you, God has charged or uh, given a responsibility to do something, he also gives you an ability to identify people who carry the same heart and spirit as you do. So I've had the uh, fortune of actually having two people in the recent jobs that I've actually taken on who um, have had a very direct impact in my life, but more importantly, have seen the grace that God has placed upon me to do what God has called me to do. And uh, they're now serving in the capacity of MD, and I hardly ever, I'm hardly ever there to supervise them or anything like that. But mm -hmm. whenever I speak or give direction to them, they do exactly mm -hmm. as I've expected of them to do, and even more. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, I felt God was sort of reassuring me that uh, he will send people who uh, basically catch my heart and spirit to make sure they Excellent. follow after me. Yeah. 
but you had to spend time imparting that. Correct. I'm going to skip Michael in case you need to do something with a baby here. So, Hannah? Yep. Same questions. Who did you spot or see that you wanted to get something from? Um, it was Daniel and Heidi at a point in my life when I was quite new to the church and had just left university. Um, let me go on to what I spotted. What did you want? Um, it was lots of little things. <laughs> it was... Um, I think he's a bigger distraction. <laughs> it was... Um, ultimately, it was that they sought to see God. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> It was um, that they, they wanted to see God in, in the everything, in the small things and in the life. And it, it wasn't one specific thing. It was lots and lots of little things. But it was just a heart to see God in, in everyday life. And what, what did you do? How did you go about getting it? I just spent time there. Okay. <laughs> I think I was in their house a lot. And we were just doing normal life. I was there bathing children and changing nappies and making dinner and just... Kind of watching them and serving, serving them, watching them, yeah. learning from them and chatting about life as it happened, really. Excellent. Thank yeah. you. Michael? What did you see? Who did you see? What did you spot? Yeah, well, there's been a few people over the years, but for the sake of this, Good I'm going to choose... A few people over the years. Yeah, quite a number. Yeah. Let me just interject a minute. Guys, <laughs> let's, let's not turn this into a structure. You see, that's a, that's a dilemma. Uh, and in summer, I may take a bit more time on this, because I don't want to take too much time now, but when we talked about covering, remember the protection and care that I talked about that needs at times to have authority with it? Uh, some of the questions that came up was about how it's structured. Uh, we're not talking about a structure, we're talking about a life. We're talking about something which is, which is real, which is flexible. And if we try to just sort of structure it, we can miss the way on that. It was a good point. So, at different times, different people. Yes. Okay, carry on. Um, Next question was, what did you want? Um, again, a few different things, but it was heart for other people, so that compassion, um, pursuit of excellence, um, were the, yeah, some of the main things. And what did you do? How did you go about getting it? Well, it's the, grab them the, around the, the neck. The time thing. Squeeze it out. Yes, yeah, yes. there was some damage yeah. caused, yeah. Um, I think the yeah the time thing is important, but I think the the thing that really helped me was to ask questions about so obviously seeing what they did or talking about what they did, asking questions about why um, it was they did that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so even seemingly things that you just do oh okay yeah hear a story about oh that they did this why or see something about what mm. what caused you to do that. Yeah. Um, another thing was wisdom as well. Yeah. I've got to say, so how did you see that? Yeah. What what enabled you to be able to notice that about that person yeah. or, or be able to take that action? So How that did you know to do that when you saw that? Inquiring, yeah. asking, yeah. It's really digging deep. Thanks, Mike. I mean, who did you see or spot? Um, probably my dad. That's, yeah, that's, that's the that's example right. I'm going to use. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what did you, wanna, what um, did you want? Well, it was at, uh, yeah, at that point I was struggling with something quite... Uh, it was a routine sort of thing, an addiction almost. Um, and I knew that Dad wasn't struggling with it. Uh, so, yeah, I kind of okay. went to him and chatted to him. But. So you, what you did was you chatted and were yeah. open and... Um, yeah. yeah, and made sure I was accountable and yeah. 
yeah, ready to make sacrifices. Yeah. I use that word off. All there. right. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so. very much, Owen. Good man. Oh, you stick it on there for me. Yeah. Oh, Nathan, I forgot you were sitting there. Because you should have been lined up, like I said. I don't like standing up there. Wish someone had the discipled you about obedience or something. Right, who? Yeah, who? Um, I already had my answer before Michael said his, but a number of different people. Um, so yourself, Richard Cole, Scott Webster, um, even in some things Phil Ackerman or you know, various different people, very low in some cases, from the lowest of low to the highest of highs. <laughs> what, <did> you, <laughs> what did you want? Um, so um, an ability to, uh, to go into depths in prophecy, an ability to, 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 to live in faith and be directed by God and have a, a conviction in that, ability to, to love others, um, to, to parent well. Good. And how would you go about getting it? Same as the others, really, unfortunately. Spending time, watching, asking questions, um, being nosy. <laughs> listening to conversations that are going on um, <laughs> understanding what happens behind those conversations asking why did you do this why did you say that what did you think behind what you said there uh, a lot of watching um, so you're yeah, watching proximity opening things up saying this is what I'm going through this is what I found this is what I did what do you think what would you have done yeah. in this situation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. excellent okay thanks Nathan when uh, you know sometimes you get a flashback uh, when I said to him what do you want my mind just flashed back I'm, I'm not really allowed to say it but I will uh, he's the only person I knew that had a plaque on his door you know that phrase uh, where there's a will there's a way his was where there's a will I want to be in it Oh. Desire to get something, yes, okay, all right. All right. So, hoping it's just going to pop up doesn't seem to come into it. Um, but, sometimes, uh, somebody specifically praying, um, and uh, as God leads, there may be a particular download, and Jamie spoke about that, uh, of Noel praying, Noel Woodruff praying for him uh, for uh, a particular understanding in terms of the word. Uh, And probably years later, these things work through. Spending time together, asking questions. That's a very, very good thing to do, to be always asking. And looking, watching reactions and and decisions and actions which we've heard from the different ones, do they match up together? So, we come to this, Zechariah 8, verse 23, about grabbing on a rope. This is what the Lord Almighty said, says, in those days, listen, this is a fantastic verse, in those days, ten people from all languages and all nations will take firm hold of one Jew by the hem of his robe and say, let us go with you. 
because we have heard that God is with you. See, what comes out here is these are it's a very mixed bunch of people, different languages, different nations, but taking, a very, taking firm hold seems to imply quite a, a level of, I'm going for this. There's a commitment to it. Uh, and and this, this is way beyond looking. This is about going. You know, it's, let us look at you, but let us go with you. Why? Because we perceive you've got something of God. And we want to get, and we want to go where you're going. And I am say, saying, brothers and sisters, this is our prayer, that we re, we're, we're geared and positioned to receive from God via one of the primary routes that he gives us, namely mentoring or discipling or training, what we receive from others. There is all what we receive direct from God, but what we receive from others. And I want us to take hold of this. And why do I want us to take hold of this? By the way of personal application, because it's what God's saying. And each time we turn to look about how are we to be moving forward from here? This thing comes up strong and clear beyond anything else. So we have to be definite. We have to be intentional. We have to give a very certain sound that this is what we believe and this is what we're going to do. Ten men from all nations and languages respond and react in a very committed and definite way. Of course, looking beyond, going beyond, yeah, you have to desire to go somewhere. But you know, it's God that works in us to create the desire as well as to give the ability to follow him. So we need that desire. And if that's not there, we need to ask him. Need to see something need to pay the price, need to get close. And finally, beyond anything else, we need what God would do. What God did for Elisha, what God did when he touched the lips with live coals from off the altar, when he did something that nothing and nobody else could do. When Elisha recognized he was receiving the mantle, it was still to God that he called, recognizing that this is a God thing. Are you willing to go? Who do you see that God is with? What are you going to do about it? Next week we'll look at the other side of it. But next week is a week away. This is a time for a certain sound and a certain action, an application consistent with that. Let's pray. Then, Lord, as this is your word, we ask that you would equip us now with that desire to be seeking, finding, drawing, receiving the mantle, doing that which is in our part, trusting you, Lord, to do in our heart what is necessary as we make that commitment to receive, to go on, to be developed, to see what we need to see and take hold of it. 
Lord, we cause us to be a people proactive in responding to your word. Lord, deliver us from ever just being hearers when you call us to be doers. Empower us, Lord, by your grace. Anoint us with your Holy Spirit. Enable us, Lord, in your power with that sightedness that comes as your Holy Spirit works upon us, that we might see the things that you need us to see in the lives of others and know and be bold to take the steps to draw and see that development as you accelerate us on the next stage of the journey. For your name's sake, amen. Amen. Praise God. Hmm. Let's just stand together. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. For out your spirit we pray. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. For out your spirit on us today. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. For out your spirit we pray. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus, pour out your Spirit on us today. Lord, we ask that as we use this song to express our hearts, our prayer before you, that you would cause our hearts to beat with your heart. Lord, where there's any hardness that you would soften. Lord, that we might be malleable, that we might be able to be in tune and in step with you. But Lord, that you would indeed take your word and confirm it. Lord, that we may have the sign of action in our lives. Lord, that you would open our eyes that we might see beyond anything that we've seen before, beyond the natural. But Lord, where there's a, a dryness, where there's a, a stiffness, where there's a rigidity, whether as a result of experience or tiredness on the way, we ask, Lord, for that refreshing, that newness, that readiness, that positioning to receive and be developed for this next stage of your journey. For that which you've got for us. I'll stand with arms high and heart abandoned in all of the one who I'll stand with all Oh, you know.
struck as as Owen departed the stage in a huff um, it made me reflect a lot on what we've been saying today what dad's been bringing and how utterly countercultural it is how completely against all the things that we're told in society that that I'm the boss of my life that no one should speak into me how dare you speak into me how dare you, in the classroom, how dare you as a teacher tell a young person how to be? How dare the policeman pull me over for speeding? How dare we, we have all this stuff in us, this, this root of rebellion that is kicking around, which is supported by society and supported by the things we hear. And as Dad was speaking, I was thinking how easy it would be to pitchfork, to, to scoop it up and say, that's not for me. I'm not hearing that. I'm not he- listening to any of that. So partly I think there's, there's, a, there's a pre-step we have to do to take up the mantle and to say, actually, I realize there's mantles there that I need to take up. I realize I need to humble myself and take it up. Whenever we talk of mantles, I'm, I'm reminded of the story of the lost son because when he returns, the father says, get him my best robe. And we know that in covering him, he covered his son's filth. He covered his, his, uh, his wrongdoing, not only in the mantle, not only in his new anointing, but also in his scent. He decided, so, so the son take, took on the scent of the father. And I think that's the thing for us today to say, am I, am I re- willing to depart from my own, my own individualness, my own individual smell and take on the smell of Christ? And I think there's a part for us today to say, yeah, I'm going to cast down. I, I talk about casting down my crown, casting down my, my thing, and then saying, yes, instead, God, I want what you want. I, I'm, I'm, taking, I'm taking my brain and I am washing it. I'm stepping against all that. As soon as we go out this place, as soon as we look on TV, the whole image, the whole thing that's put on us is you're the boss. You're you the individual in charge. You have your iPhone and your iPad right it's all about me and I but I think there's part here is saying it's not about me and I it's by him and us and I think that's that's part of what I think we need to be responding to God today and saying God I want to lay aside the I and I want to take on I want to take you and that means that sometimes I've got to hear and a lot of times I've got to hear from those around us I want to take on the mantle of those people that I know are not perfect but I want to take on the thing from them as well let's uh Let's respond to God now. Some of us, you may be there already. You might have already made that decision. That's fine. But for some of us, it's a case to say, okay, I want to cast aside my own stuff and take on his mantle through the people he's put us wrong. I think that as we pray, as we open our hearts up, that God will drop people, thoughts and stuff into our mind, things that we are supposed to do. And next week, we get to see how we serve others. But at this point, we can see how we can receive the serving from 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 those around.
very, very good thing. God speaks to you, and you know you need to make a response. The Bible talks about believing with our heart and confessing with our mouths. That as we're here, the prayer team is here. You don't have to just come for prayer for healing. You can do. It's a very good thing to do to come and say, God has just spoken this to me, brother, sister. Stand with me. Pray with me. God has said this. God has called forth this change. God has spoken to me about my heart. And seal it right there. Come, get one of the team to pray. Just stand with you as you speak this thing out and come into agreement on that matter before God himself. As we fellowship around together, then that's a good thing to do. But let's not be distracted from the opportunity to come and, uh, and make that confession or ask for prayer, whatever the need might be.